Quality sleep is essential, and that's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. So you can choose what's right for you whenever you like. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature. Quiets their snores. Sleep Number does that. Sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on Sleep Number limited edition smart beds for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. Last Friday, the U.S. Centers for Disease Control and Prevention released guidelines on how to safely reopen schools across the United States for in-person learning. This is a topic everyone has been talking about. The guidelines are going to sound familiar. They focused on five key mitigation strategies, universal and correct mask wearing, physical distancing, washing hands, cleaning facilities and improving ventilation, and finally, doing contact tracing, isolating, and quarantining. Equally important is what was not included as part of the key mitigation strategies, The CDC did say vaccinating teachers and staff provides additional layers of prevention, but isn't a key strategy. They also said the same thing about widespread testing. What this all comes down to is how safe are classrooms and also what is your level of risk tolerance? Right now, for example, about 89% of kids live in a county considered to be in a red zone, meaning there is lots of viral transmission and or there are high positivity rates. But we also know there have been certain studies, such as one out of Wisconsin, showing 17 schools able to reopen safely, having lower rates of transmission in the schools as compared to the communities, despite the fact that those communities at the time were also in the red zone. And right now, Education Week data shows that just four states have no restrictions on school openings while many already offer face-to-face instruction. Some of them have been doing this since the fall. For the past year, my colleague, Evan McMorris-Santoro, has been covering how this pandemic has impacted education across the country. For so many of us, this is so personal. I myself have three preteen and teen girls. So on today's episode, Evan's gonna give us a reality check and how easy it is, really, to implement these new guidelines, what they mean, and whether or not there can be true safety without the vaccinating of teachers. I'm Dr. Sanjay Gupta, CNN's chief medical correspondent, and this is Coronavirus, Fact versus Fiction. If states and cities put strong public health measures in place that we all follow, Then my team will work to see that a majority of our schools can be open by the end of my first 100 days. On the campaign trail, candidate Joe Biden promised to put kids back into classrooms within his first 100 days in office. About a month into his presidency, that goal is still far off. The president's goal is to have schools open five days a week, kids in school learning, teachers in school, and to do it safely. You may have noticed that over the past few weeks, the conversation over schools has gotten pretty heated. You're a bunch of cowards hiding behind our children as an excuse for keeping schools closed. It's been this typical political discussion about who are you going to blame as opposed to 
actually looking at the fact that educators want to be in classrooms. They want to be safe. That's Randy Weingarten, president of the American Federation of Teachers, one of the country's largest teachers unions. Randy welcomes the new guidance and says it could be the end of all the arguing. Friday became a reset. A reset is what this debate really needs. Since the start of the school year, which, if you'll remember, began under a different CDC set of guidelines under a different president, people have been arguing about what the science actually says when it comes to school safety. Some parents blame teachers for their kids' continued remote learning. Basically, they say science suggests classrooms can reopen safely and teachers are being overly cautious. But some teachers' groups say schools aren't doing enough to protect them from the coronavirus. They say a lot of things that need to be done aren't being done. For example, investing in expensive new ventilation systems. Lately, a lot of this frustration has been about the vaccine priority list. Teachers say, you want us in class? Give us the shot. Here's one teacher who drove 100 miles to get vaccinated in Tennessee. I was like, you know what, I have to protect myself. And I need to protect my students. So I'm going to do whatever I need to do. It seems like everyone is mad at everyone else. But then on Friday, enter the CDC. It's got new leadership now. And the new guidelines about school safety during the pandemic are all about the science. Thank you all for joining us today for an update on CDC's K-12 school guidance. The basic gist of the new guidelines. K-12 schools can safely reopen classrooms to students if they follow strict guidelines around masks, social distancing, and ventilation. This may seem easy enough on paper, but real-life implementation can be pretty complicated, not to mention pretty costly. What the science didn't say, according to the CDC, is open the doors and send the kids back to class. It said, be careful. The guidance also does not include a vaccine requirement for educators, which is still a sticking point for a lot of teachers. So I'm a strong advocate of teachers receiving their vaccinations, um, but we don't believe it's a prerequisite for schools to reopen. That's the new CDC director, Dr. Rochelle Walensky. President Biden was more forceful at a CNN town hall Tuesday night. I think that we should be vaccinating teachers. We should move them up in the hierarchy as well. Randy Weingarten, who speaks for the teachers, supports the CDC guidelines. Would I like to see every teacher who wants to be vaccinated, every bus driver who wants to be vaccinated, would I like to see them vaccinated right now? Would I like to see them vaccinated before they walked into uh, school? Of course. But that's not what the science says. The science says that these layered mitigation strategies are what stops the transmission of a virus. What the science says about the vaccines are that it provides an added layer of protection so that, God forbid, you get the virus, you're not going to get very sick. It's not just Randy who's saying good things about these guidelines. Some parents' groups are welcoming them, too, because the guidelines say that more kids can go back to school, even if only in a hybrid schedule in most cases, because social distancing is still so important, and many school buildings just don't have room to spread all the students out all the time. So now that there's some agreed-upon standards, the challenge is still how each district is going to implement them. Let's just take this vaccine issue, for example. Different states have different plans, and even different counties have different plans. 
So I'm actually the girls' soccer coach here at the high school here in Kingsville. That's Victoria Longoria. She teaches high school in the Kingsville Independent School District on the Texas Gulf Coast. I am in class every day of the week teaching a class. And I, and I might have somebody in the classroom with me. And I might be teaching the other 15, 20 kids on Zoom. Because not everybody has opted to come in person. So it, it just varies. It varies by the day. Texas is one of four states, including Arkansas, Florida, and Iowa, that currently require in-person instruction be available to all families who want it for their students. And right now, the Texas Department of Health hasn't announced when teachers younger than 65 who don't have chronic medical conditions will be eligible for the vaccine. School nurses are really the only school staff members who can get these first shots right now in Texas. Here's where it gets tricky. Remember how I said that getting teachers vaccinated varies by district? Well, just last week, Victoria got her first dose of the vaccine. And the only reason she got it is because she's a teacher in a county that has prioritized teachers' vaccinations. It was just such grand efforts on the part of our superintendent and our county judge. And I think the best part is, is that our county judge is real good about making sure that everyone was taken care of. Obviously, I don't fall in the 1A, 1B. You know, I, I don't have a comorbidity. I'm 30 years old. But he carefully planned and allocated these vaccines for the, the group of teachers who voluntarily chose to do this. Most of Victoria's colleagues in the schools, teachers, administrators, custodians, and others, have also received their shots. And the vaccine has made Victoria's life easier. I think that after three or four weeks, I'm going to get vaccine number two. And I'm going to have a lot of comfort knowing that I should be okay. The people around me will be okay to be around me. I can have my coworkers feel at ease, you know, um, especially the older ones. But, but more importantly, that those kids and their parents can feel safe coming back to the school building. It's a very different story about seven hours away in Carrollton Farmers Branch Independent School District. There's been a couple of cases where kids in my classes, you know, I'll get an email from the nurse or an email from an administrator. Well, yeah, a kid tested positive in your class. And then they ask me for my seating charts just to make sure they want to know who that kid was close to. If they were six feet away, because that's what I have to make sure that all the kids are at least six feet apart, the ones who are in person. And everything is pretty regulated. Everything is pretty well controlled. But there's always that that feeling of doom, you know, like it's like I'm walking into, you know, like a minefield every day almost. Sarah Wetzel is 51. She teaches high school just like Victoria. But unlike Victoria, she can't get the vaccine. Her county hasn't prioritized giving the shot to teachers. I made the decision to make a will. I'm single. I've got two kids who are in their 20s. I've got two older children. But now I think with me going back into education, going back to teaching during a pandemic, and might be something that I might want to think about. And I'm, I'm happy that I did that. You know, thankfully, knock on wood, I've been healthy, you know, for the past six, eight months since school's been going back. But I think I, I feel better knowing that's been done. Sarah has heard the complaints from parents who say teachers are being too cautious. They sound uninformed and a little, I guess I don't want to say it's harsh to say ignorant as to what what we're dealing with and what we're handling and what we're, what we're still trying to achieve this whole process of going back into the classroom with online hybrid teaching 
and how difficult it's been, not only for teachers, but for administrators and school districts and school nurses, everyone on staff, not just teachers. Yeah, you send your kids to school, but what goes on behind the scenes? What goes on to help keep your kids safe and help keep our teachers safe? It's been very stressful. And I think my, my reaction to those people would be, go sub. That's the story of two teachers teaching the same age students in the same stage public school systems, but in counties with two very different approaches to something as fundamental as the vaccine. And this really has been the challenge for schools all year. Every community, it seems, has its own definition of safe. If the new CDC guidelines can't change that, this nasty debate between parents and teachers and administrators will rage on. That was Evan McMorris-Santoro, who's been covering education for CNN and doing an amazing job of it. There's no question the pandemic has reshaped our schools. And it's going to take a lot. It's going to take cooperation of teachers and parents and students to ensure the health of everyone in a community. And we will keep reporting on it. If you have questions, please record them as a voice memo and email them to asksanjay at cnn.com. We might even include them on the next podcast. We'll be back tomorrow. Thanks for listening. Quality sleep is essential, and that's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. So you can choose what's right for you whenever you like. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature. Quiets their snores. Sleep Number does that. Sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on Sleep Number limited edition smart beds for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com.